Welcome back, everyone, to Double Take, an NFL podcast streaming everywhere you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I'm your host, David, joined by my co-host, Daniel. And once again, after a Philly beatdown, we have Mr. Savage in the house. How are you, man? Doing good, brothers. How y'all doing? Doing great. Better than the Eagles fans, that's for sure. Got some roasted bird on Sunday. Uh, It was good. How 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 was Steven after after the fact? I mean, because I know did you guys watch the game together, right? Yeah, we watched the game together. Uh, we were watching at a friend's house, and it's it's what you would expect in terms of like the environment. He was the only Eagles fan surrounded by Cowboys fans. Not nice. only was he, and not only were there Cowboys fans there, but we had a San Francisco 49er fan also there. And so it was, it was pretty rough for Steven. He had a he had a pretty pretty difficult night, but um David, you got to know him. He's a, an amazing guy, such a chill dude. He's a dude. Yeah. And so he took it he took it like a champ. He really did. Um uh, yeah, it was just I mean, but to be fair, like as we're getting into it, like we're we're going to talk about and we're going to kind of agree like the things that we said about Philly even what Steven had said about Philly came to fruition. And that and yeah. for me, that's what I feel like we needed. Cause it's one thing for us to say that. It's one thing for us mm-hmm. to say what we've seen, but this is a guy who's who's watched every snap of his Eagles. And the things that he was saying were the same kind of things that we were saying about this the uh Eagles team. And that's that's what happened in the game. And so yeah, but he took it like a champ. So when we get into it, Steven, I got your back, man. Like, I know everything that you and I said about the Eagles came true, and we're going to talk about it right now. Yeah, I mean, so let's get into it, because we have a jam-packed show for you today. Uh, and so we're going to obviously talk with Cowboys football. So the Cowboys beat down the Philadelphia Eagles 33-13, to and they've taken first place in the NFC East for the time being. Um, but in that, the offense played pretty well, and they made the plays that that they needed to. Defense took the ball away three times and held the Eagles to zero offensive touchdowns in the game. And then, obviously, Brandon Aubrey nails 45, 50, 59, and 60-yard field goals. And for the season, is 30 for 30. Um, hey. Steven, or Savage, we'll start with you, man. Um, or Dan, you have something you want to say real quick? No, I just wanted to say really quick before Savage gets in here. Dude, I had Brandon Aubrey on my fantasy team. 23 points as a kicker. Yeah, man. He did it for 23. me too. Yeah. It was crazy, but go yeah. ahead, Savage. Whew. Man. So talking about Brandon Aubrey, fun fact here. My uncle works with Brandon Aubrey's dad. Uh, like they work like three <laughs> feet away from each other. And That's so they crazy. just... Every Monday morning, man, they just go crazy about how how uh, Brandon Aubrey did that uh, that last game. But yeah, I mean, you you look at Brandon Aubrey, and it's not just that he's making these kicks; it's how he's making them. Yeah, I mean, you remember yes. like Brett Maher last year or in years past, whenever we had him. I feel like we had him for fifteen different times on the Cowboys or any like past kickers we've had. You even had this a little bit with Dan Bailey. Dan Bailey would make the kick for the most part, but sometimes it would be, 
you know, a little like it was a little scary while you're watching the the flight path of that ball. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon Aubrey, this guy, it's right down the middle every single time. time. Every kick, single time. That kick he hit from 60, Daniel. That would have been good from 70. 70. Yes. Like that would have been yeah. it was down. It was money. It was strong. It was down the middle. It was a thing of beauty. Did you did you hear the story about how uh, Brandon Aubrey practiced kicking? Um, like how he got good at kicking field goals and whatnot? No. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking about this with one of the, the other pastors at the church I work at. He was talking about how Brandon Aubrey, whenever he was like first learning to, to kick a football or whatever, he didn't have a goalpost to practice at. So he would just line up a ball in front of a telephone pole and practice kicking the telephone pole. That's why he is so accurate. Because he's not used to trying to get it in between, however wide the uprights are on a, on a you know football goalpost, he's used mm-hmm. to hitting a telephone pole right down the middle every single yeah. time. So that dude, he's a beast, man. That's just he has been a revelation for our team. He's been so yeah. good. But uh, so obviously this was a great win for the Cowboys. It's it's a big statement for us because, uh, you know, what we've been hearing, especially in this five game winning streak was you haven't been anybody. You haven't played big teams. You haven't played teams that are insanely over 500. At first, it was just like they got to be over 500. And then we beat down Seattle and they said, well, that's not good enough because they were barely 500. So now we get the Philadelphia Eagles. They come into into Arlington. And we and we beat them down. Dak Prescott continuing to look fantastic as our starting quarterback this season. But um, you know, as we talk about it, as we continue on this difficult stretch, because we still got Buffalo coming up and Miami coming up on our schedule, and Detroit on top of that. Um, Savage, again, I'm going to start with you. How confident are you in Dak Prescott? as your starting quarterback heading into this stretch of the season. I mean, we're, we're, we're not talking about postseason yet. We're talking about right now in the regular season to finish this one out. Yeah, I, I would say that I'm about as confident as I would be with any other quarterback in the league. In the sense of like any of those other upper echelon guys, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a reason to be more confident in anyone else outside of Dak. Um so you look at the defenses that we have coming up. You have Buffalo's defense, which can be had. They're, the reason why Josh Allen's putting up crazy stats and they're seven and six is because that defense isn't that good, right? Um, <laughs> so you have Buffalo's defense. I trust Dak against Buffalo's defense. You have Miami's defense. If Will Levis can score 14 points in two and a half minutes on that defense – <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, we honestly forget 70 points that Miami put up. We'll put up 71 against Miami. I mean, we're going to trash Miami, which I have a couple friends who are big Miami Dolphins fans. Can't wait to make fun of them in the group chat about that game. Uh, you have Detroit's defense. Very gettable. Uh, it's going to be easy. And then at Washington, it's cr- like Washington is the defense I fear the most. And it's Washington. Mm. Like, I'm not scared about those guys. So, for the remainder of the regular season, I feel 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 on Dak. Of just, I I trust him. He's been doing great. I think it's not just Dak. I think it's Dak and McCarthy together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I trust those guys to straighten out the ship. Uh, a quick shout-out to one of my good friends, Ty Polk. This guy's been trying to convince me. He's like the U of Texas, uh, David. But he's, <laughs> he's moved off to, to Tennessee now. But – 
he's been trying to convince me about how Dak is going to be that guy. Dak is going to be that guy. And I kept on, mm-hmm. I was a Romo fan, Romo apologist. You know, I've always mm-hmm. had Romo above Dak in my quarterback rankings. But i got to say, he was right. This guy, I've never seen Romo orchestrate an offense this good for this long like Dak has. And so I trust Dak. I, I look at this schedule and I say, at worst, this is going to be a three and one close to the year. Yeah, I mean, Daniel, you? Yeah, like I, I agree. Uh, after seeing what Miami did Monday night, they, I, they don't scare me right now, especially their defense. Uh, at the beginning of the year, if you would have asked me, "Hey, if Dak's gonna have to do a shootout with Tua and Tyree Kill," then that's like you got me because right. their offense was not what it is right now. But I'm telling you, if we need to put up points and we need to do a shootout with Miami, I'm very, very confident that Dak can do that. I'm with Savage. Like, I'm at a 10 out of 10 right now um, with Dak because he moves the ball efficiently. The red zone play calling has been way better than it was in the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, Dak is starting to not only treat CD like a number one wide receiver, but he's able to spread the ball around to everyone else. Like Michael Gallup is starting to get some run. Brandon Cooks is starting to get some run. Even Fergie is starting to get some run um, Mm -hmm. in important parts of the game. And so for me, I feel uh, very confident about what Dak is going to be able to do moving forward because like Savage said, these defenses that he's about to go up against, very gettable, very gettable. You look at Buffalo. Buffalo, Josh Allen is going through this thing where he's – struggling to score points like there would be a game where like against philly they hope that he'll go crazy but against kansas city i believe dallas has a better defense than kansas city right now and look what they did to him so i'm very confident in that miami again their defense is very very touchable ever since Jalen ramsey came back they've been they've been getting better but at the same time like they're they're just picking on the other corner at this point and so again the lions I think the Lions are frauds. They've been very fraudulent. What, ever since their bye week? They've, they've struggled. They've ever struggled. since they became a team. Like ever, ever since people started taking giving them, them love and giving them hype. Um, they've kind of been struggling to find what they are offensively, defensively. They've struggled. And so, you know, losing to Chicago, they should have lost to Chicago twice. Um, but they were able to get the comeback win. But they should have lost both of those games. And so, yeah. And we've been, you know, talking about how, you know, is Justin Fields that guy? Do they need to go and find someone else? So we were already having conversations about how bad Chicago was and look what they did to him. You don't think Dak da- and, and, and company are going to come in and, and take advantage of that? And I think it's a home game, isn't it? They play, they play us here. It might be, it might be a home game. Uh, yeah. The, they're coming to Dallas. Yeah, so, so it's there you our go. Last home game of the year. So, so there you go. And then Washington, we already we already put the work on Washington, and so I'm not worried about that either. But in terms of like Dak Prescott's play, he's a front runner MVP right now, and I think he's going to continue this brand of football just because what we're asking him to do, we're not asking him, hey, throw 50 yard bombs. No, be efficient, take what the defense is getting you, get out of the pocket get first down with your legs if you need to 
and let's keep this thing going. And he's been doing that consistently. I think he's found his rhythm. He's found the plays that he likes, what he likes to call in certain situations. And so, but yeah, if you're asking me my confidence in Dak, it's at a 10 out of 10 right now. This is music to my ears. Uh, a lot of people told me that, you know, especially what Dak has shown in the past, that that was Dak's ceiling, that that was as good as Dak Prescott was ever going to be. Um, and Savage, I think you nailed it on the head. I think the reason why Dak is playing so good, I mean, I think Dak has always been able to play this way, but it wasn't until Mike McCarthy became the play caller for Dak Prescott. It's just a perfect marriage that they have going on together. There's trust there now. Um, and you're seeing Mike McCarthy calling plays in a way to where it, it's it's like we're we're going back in time with him and Aaron Rodgers of them of them just knowing what to do in the situations. We're finding out how intelligent Dak Prescott is actually as a quarterback and his ability to move out of the pocket and continue to make plays, whether that's throwing it downfield to CD lamb. And, and here's the thing, especially what we've seen. Um, yes, we're not asking Dak to throw 50 yard bombs every single play, but he's still making those throws in, in these kind of games. I mean, throwing bombs to Michael Gallup in the fourth quarter, when you're already up uh, hitting uh, Brandon Cooks on a double post route with CD on the and uh, taking taking closer to the, to the ball and and just putting putting it right on him. I mean, we're seeing Dak perform at a very very high level, but it's because of the job that Mike McCarthy has done to really put this kind of offense together for Dak Prescott that makes the game just easier for him to the to the fact that he's changing pass protections at the line. And so, in, in I've. I think I've always been confident in Dak, but not necessarily in our in in the play caller of who's calling plays for him. But now that's not an excuse. Now we can't say that because Dak has been playing at a very very high level, which I think puts even more pressure. I think on Dak Prescott heading into the postseason. It's because Absolutely. okay, Dak, we've seen yes. you play this way. Yes. We know that you're an MVP kind of quarterback because you've proven it over the past these, these past eight weeks that almost, we've seen yeah almost two months and so because of that there's no excuse you can't lose to any other team than maybe the san francisco 49ers but even in that game we're expecting you to play well or at least better than what you've played especially in that week five matchup and so it, it, it's on him it's up to dak at, at this point in the season to step up and to play but in terms of confidence level of how i'm like, do I believe he is going to do that? I absolutely agree with that. Um, but let's let's continue to talk about um, the Eagles game that we just saw. Savage brought this question up, and I think it's a really, really good question. Um, Savage, just go ahead and explain it and explain where you're coming from uh, on this about if the Cowboys should have won this game. Yeah, so really quick, I, can I just say two more things about yeah. this game real quick before we get into it. One, yeah. I'm so proud of our run defense. DeAndre Swift, 11 rushes for 30, 39 yards. Yeah. So happy about that. Stifle. Secondly, um, and then what? what's the other Steven's last name? Uh, Burgos. Okay, Mr. Burgos, please do not – please cover your ears. Uh, but it appears that Jalen Hurts' Lynn Sanity run is over. 
So congratulations <laughs> on your insanity run, Jalen Hurts, but it looks like it's done. And my take about Jalen Hurts from last year is still correct. Um, okay, now here comes the question. Cowboy fans, of course, in our soul, in our bones, we wanted to beat Philly on Sunday night. We needed to beat Philly on Sunday night. I hate Kelly Green. I hate just green in general. I wish Christmas trees were navy blue, right? I'm with you. I hear <laughs> where you're coming from. But are we sure that it was the best thing for the Cowboys come the playoffs to beat Philly? Here's why I ask. As I look at all of the teams that are going to be making the wild card outside of the Cowboys, you have like the Rams who are going to be vying for a spot. You have the Packers who are going to be vying for a spot. You have, you know, Seattle who's going to be vying for a spot. There's yeah. not any outside of us. There aren't any powerful wild card teams that are going to be sneaking in, in my opinion. Yeah. So, with that being the case, who is the current one seed in the in the NFC? It's San Francisco. How that would work out come playoffs is if all four of our teams or all three of the teams in the top of the NFC right now went out, which I think is very doable. I think we could win out. I think San Francisco can win out. I think the Eagles can win out. That would mean that in the second round, we would have to go to the Bay to play San Francisco in the divisional round. And I don't know if that was better for us than if we would have lost to the Eagles. Second round, we go to play Philly at the link in the second round. Um, personally, I still think San Francisco is a significantly better team than us. Um, us going to San Francisco, I have that at about a 5% confidence that we'll win that game. Um, mm -hmm. I just think that they are a team that's very similar to the Cowboys and how they operate. And they are just a little bit better at basically every position um, with a few differences here and there. But I just think they're an overall better team than we are. Um, so here's where I stand on that question. I think that if Mike McCarthy and Dak and the brain trust that is the Cowboys believe that San Francisco and Philly are going to lose another game and we went out, then it was a good move to win uh, for the playoff purposes. Mm -hmm. But if either one of those teams wins out, I don't know, man. I think it would have been better for us in the playoffs for them to lose. And so that's my hot take. What do y'all think about it? David, you want to go or you want me to go? I mean, I can go. I, I, yeah. I think I don't see Philly winning out. I see Philly at the at the very least they're dropping two games. Uh I think that they're going to lose to Seattle. And I think they're going and this is going to be my hot take for the show. I think they're dropping one game to the Giants. Tommy DeVito and we're going to talk about this a little bit later. It's going to be one it's going to be a quick take, but I I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. Tommy DeVito is the future of the New York Giants. I mean, he he he's way better than Daniel Jones. Um, Daniel Jones is trash, and the Giants are trash for giving him that contract. Um, and when I mean future of the Giants, I just mean 
all I mean is that he's just a better option for the Giants. I don't like think he's going to be a world games. beater. Like, like moving yeah. forward, maybe for the next two years, I, I, I at least for opportunity. Well, it's, at least it depends a year. On, at least a it year. depends on it depends please, on if they have please, a quarterback. <laughs> I, I think that if they can't get a quarterback in mm. this year's draft, is what yeah. I'm saying. Obviously, if there's a quarterback, take them. Uh, but I'm saying that if they yeah. don't do that, and if there's no quarterbacks and where they're drafting, uh, or if they're not confident in a guy. I think they should go with Tommy DeVito because he's just a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. Um, and I could see at this point in the season with the way that the Eagles are playing and the way that the Giants are playing right now, I give them a shot to for one of these two games. Um, but I at least think that I do think that Philly is going to drop another game and it's going to be against Seattle. Um, and so I already have them having a loss. I also see the San Francisco 49ers possibly losing to Baltimore. Uh, I think Baltimore has an insanely good defense. Obviously, they're struggling right now. So if you're asking me if I'm super confident on that, I'm, I'm probably about about a 55% uh, that, that that's going to happen, but it could happen. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at San Francisco losing a game and uh, the Eagles losing a game and the Cowboys winning out. That should be enough for us to get the number one seed. We would get the one seed in that scenario. We, we would get the one seed. And so I think we have a buy. And and I feel, I'm sure every Cowboy fan does, I feel better about, because because here's, here's the thing. Whether it's going to be in the divisional round or the NFC championship game, we're going to have to play San Francisco. That's just a fact. Um, and I think that if you're asking me, and if I honestly, they won't tell you this because they'll be like, oh, we're going to beat San Francisco. If Even if you ask anybody on the Cowboys, they're more confident in playing the San Francisco 49ers at home than they do at the Bay. So I think that for them, they're probably thinking we can only control what we can do. So we're going to win out. We need a couple of things to go our way for us to be the number one seed. We just need to do our part. And I think that they're trusting that. And I think that's why. I mean, obviously, they're not going to tank a game, but I do think that that scenario works better for us because regardless if it's in the NFC Championship game or the division around, we're not beating San Francisco in the Bay. We have a better shot of winning at home. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best Stephen A. Smith impression. I don't oh, care. No. I don't care. I don't care if we won or if we lost or not. And and the only reason I say that is this. If you're going to be that team, if you are a true Super Bowl contender, it shouldn't matter where you're playing, whether it's at home or at the Bay. I think the the minute that you start calculating, hey, do we need to be at home or away, then you already don't deserve to be a championship team. You should be able to have the confidence and the belief that we'll go anywhere and we'll beat you. And so for me, that's what I want the Cowboys to believe that, hey, we don't need to be at home. Yeah. I know it's easy. It's easy to be like, oh, we're, we're 15. We're, you know, we've won 15 straight at home. So let's try to get at home. Sure. Like David said, they need to do their part to ensure that, hey, at the end of the year, if we do our part and we some things go our way, we can be at home. Awesome. Great. But I don't think that 
it, it's something that we said, oh man, we 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 probably should have lost that game. Um, and I know that's not what you're insinuating either. Um, but I, I think I agree with David. I believe Philly is at least losing one game. I hope and so. I it's because like Seattle has been rolling as in in terms offensively. Offensively, they have, and their defense isn't god awful. They're not. They're not god awful. Um, and so because the Eagles' defense is kind of spiraling right now, it, that, that's what they're doing. They're spiraling. Mm-hmm. They're just letting people go up and down the field on them like crazy. You don't think that DK Metcalf is going to go off on them? You don't think that Kenneth Walker is going to be able to find some rushing lanes and 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 trying to get loose? If he like plays. I, yeah, if he plays. And so for me, I believe Seattle's a gettable game. I'm with David, too. I think the Giants have a good shot of stealing one of those games just based on how the Eagles are playing right now and based that. on how the Giants are playing right now. Like, it's, it's not so far-fetched to say that it, it'll be a close game, knowing that Philly loves to play close ball games with their opponents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless it's the Cowboys, you know. Yeah, exactly. They get blown out. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, even in even in their wins this year, yeah, it's been close, right? Yeah. So here's so, so they're not they're not used to blowing teams out. Yeah. So they're not used to that. So I believe it's going to be close games from here on out for them. Yeah. One quick point about the Giants, really quick, just as it relates to going against Philly. So the Giants play at New Orleans this week. They're currently on a three-game win streak. Yeah. If they win that game, they'll be on a four-game win streak going into the link. That New York mindset of like, I don't care who you are. I'm going to go beat you. You got Tommy DeVito's agent looking like a character off of the Goodfellas, you know, just hanging out <laughs> around him. I mean, if they go into the link and beat him, that would be fantastic. That would be just so good. Yeah. And again – it, it it goes credit to Brian Dable and the job that he's doing in New York, especially with that, that offensive line that he has there and the, and the team that he has. And he has them playing like this. It, you know, I, I think if they continue to play the way that they're playing, Brian Dable is going to be up again for coach of the year with, with, the, with the way that he's, he's coaching this team. Um, but in saying that, this could be a really quick question and then we can get into NFL talk. But are we still pretty much on the same boat of one and done for the Cowboys heading into the postseason? Not necessarily. I'm on the boat of we will win until we see San Francisco. Yeah, I yeah, don't. Exactly. I don't believe even if it's in Dallas, I don't believe we beat San Francisco. But. If we are the one seed, there's a chance that San Francisco chokes a game and we don't have to see them. The only team who I think is better than the Cowboys right now is San Francisco. So I'm saying if we don't see them in the NFC side of the bracket, I think we went out. I think that we'll – I can't – gosh. I think that we could win it all if we don't see San Francisco. We're a mm-hmm. good team. How many teams have – a top five in all of these positions, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, cornerback, pass rusher. How many teams have a top five in all of those? Kicker. 
That's six positions that we have a top five player in the position for that. Yeah, I, I would. The only team I think of is San Francisco. That's honestly, it. yeah, that, that's, that's the it. first team that that's came it. to my mind. Just San Francisco. And are we sure Brock Purdy's a top five quarterback in this league? I'm not. I'm we'll not. get into that. <laughs> we will. We will get into that here pretty soon. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Savage. I think the only team that can beat us is San Francisco. Uh, not that I think I know can beat us because they have the last three times. Um, now, if this was the same San Francisco team of, of last year, this Cowboys team can beat them. But they found a, they they've clicked. They've got they've signed a lot of guys. They made a lot of moves, big moves that they've needed to shore up their weaknesses. And they're playing good ball right now. And, and Brock Purdy, whether you consider him to be a top five quarterback or not, he's better than he was last year, uh, and it's showing. Uh, and but that's if they stay healthy. That's that's the thing. If they stay healthy, I don't think that there's any team better than the Cowboys than the San Francisco 49ers. Um, but as we as we Stephen, you you brought us right straight into this topic. Obviously, yep. uh, there are names, quarterback names that have been thrown out for uh, league MVP this season. Jalen Hurts was in it for a while, but now he's no, he's out of that conversation as of late is because of how his team has performed. We have two quarterbacks on top right now. Obviously, you have Dak Prescott, who is currently the MVP frontrunner, but you have a lot of fans, especially those 49er fans, who are calling for Brock Purdy to be the MVP frontrunner. Savage, we're, you brought it up, so we're going to start with you. Is Brock Purdy... And M- your MVP front runner, and if not, why? And who actually is your MVP front runner? Absolutely not. No, Brock Purdy is not my front runner. Here is why. You look at the statistics. The statistics are phenomenal. Oh, they're so good. Oh, they're so great. Well, it's because he has one of the most fully loaded teams in the NFL, right? Whenever we saw a couple injuries go down, they lost how many games in a row? Three straight, right? They just looked terrible without the whole cast of, you know, the Avengers with them, you know? And you you look at, like, Dak, and Dak is my front runner, obviously, right? Call it Cowboys bias. I don't care. Um, you look at their stats. They're basically a wash. So then, in my opinion, it needs to go down to – what is the as we did our quarterback rankings the degree of difficulty mm. so i want i'm just going to list out players and i want you to tell me who you would take and so try to remove any cowboys bias from you today you're a gm of a team if you pick wrong on these you're getting fired okay mm. cd versus debo who do you want debo okay brandon cooks versus brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. Okay. For this season only, George Kittle or Jake Ferguson? Still George. Yeah, still George Kittle. You want still. George Kittle? Yes, yes, you do. Stop. Yes. Yes. Stop for right it. for right now. Yeah. I think yeah, I think overall I would take George Kittle still. Yeah. Because yeah, of his block no his blocking ability. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cowboys O line or the 49ers O line? 49ers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cowboys linebackers or 49ers linebackers? 
and the, and the defense matters. The it defense matter. matters. Cowboys mm-hmm. D-line or San Francisco's D-line? San Francisco's. You want San, San Francisco's Francisco. D-line. Mm-hmm. Cowboys secondary, 49ers secondary. 49ers. I would personally I mean, we just Cowboys said, secondary at that point. I, I, if but, you're telling me if you're telling me uh Trayvon Diggs is on our team and he's healthy, I would choose the Cowboys secondary. Yeah. Well, and then and here and here to me personally is the biggest one of them all. McCaffrey or Pollard? McCaffrey. I mean, come on. McCaffrey. You so if they have the exact same stats and we go up and down the whole roster and you're like, I want 49ers, I want 49ers, I want 49ers. And it's the same stuff. Doesn't that have to then mean it goes to Dak? Because he's doing more or he's doing equal with less, which means that he is doing more, right? Personally, I don't believe you can be the MVP of the league if you're not the MVP of your own team. Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey's the MVP of the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the MVP is basically turned into the best quarterback award, but if we were truly looking at the most valuable player, I don't even know if Brock Purdy's number two on that list. Because I know that San Francisco has a fantastic left tackle that they can't live without. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you start take like you look that at he who's can't live truly without. the most valuable on that team. Brock Purdy doesn't isn't the front runner on his own team. So how can he be the front runner for the league? I think Tyreek Hill needs to be in front of Brock Purdy. I think yeah. Lamar Jackson needs to be in front of Brock Purdy, even though his stats aren't great because his touchdown numbers. But when the when the Ravens get into the red zone, they're running that ball. That's why he doesn't have as many passing touchdowns. It's not because he can't throw a passing touchdown. That's ridiculous, right. right? There are so many people who I would say need to be in front of Brock Purdy. 49ers fans can say I'm a hater. Go ahead, say it all you want. I think about 18 quarterbacks in the NFL can do exactly what Brock Purdy's doing right now in the 49ers offense. So just to play devil's advocate in, in this moment, um, I, I think the one argument that they do bring up, uh, and I feel like you're going to shoot this down very, very quickly because I would too, is we've seen other quarterbacks in this system not produce in the way that Brock Purdy has, especially this season. When Jimmy G was the starting quarterback of this team, I mean, they – they were winning in spite of him. Some people would say uh, that you could say the same thing, even with Trey Lance in the couple games that he was in there. Like, obviously he didn't fit in with the system and look at how they did. You bring a seventh, uh, seventh round, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy onto this football team. And they have a better uh, DVOA in the NFL. Tripling their average, especially over last year with Brock Purdy this season. Um, what do you say to, to that idea of Brock Purdy in the same offense that Jimmy G was in is playing significantly better than him, and that's why he should be the MVP? Daniel, you want to take that? Yeah, I think I think that's a good argument if you're saying who runs this offense better. Now, because he does that, you're saying that are they saying that that warrants an MVP just because you run an offense better? Oh, you should get an MVP just for that. Better, better than the guy that they had two years ago. It's fair to say, Hey, he's a lot better than Jimmy G, but that's not enough to say he should get the MVP. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to yeah. make him a Pro Bowl quarterback, yeah. absolutely. If you want to determine, hey, he could be an All Pro one day for because of his numbers or and because of what he he's doing, what what he has, fine. But the MVP of the league needs to be someone who is very valuable to the team. They can't live without him. Not now, just we, valuable, but the guy of their team. Right. And so, I mean, my belief, I think very highly of Brock Purdy. Um, I think he's a he's he's a great I think he's a great quarterback in the making. I think he has great poise. He has great feel, great anticipation. Um, but like a lot of quarterbacks, top quarterbacks in the league, we see Patrick Mahomes. He has no one, and look what's happening to him. Mm-hmm. You need good players around you to be great. You look at like like Troy Aikman had Michael Irvin, Jay Novacek, Alvin Harper, Emmett Smith. Look at Joe Montana, Roger Craig, Jerry Rice, Dwight Clark. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, you look at Patrick Mahomes in his heyday, Travis Kelsey. Uh, he has Pacheco. Uh, when he had Tyreek Hill back in the day, you know, you need guys around you. So I, under- I understand the fact that, you know, you need great players around you to, to, to make it work a lot of the time. Um, the thing that for this season, just specifically just talking this season, the three games without Debo hurt him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, had he gone, played the same way that he'd been playing without Debo Samuel, then that's a better argument for Brock Purdy. Yeah. yeah. But the Absolutely. fact of the matter is, we were having conversations. Man, he misses Debo. He misses Brandon Ayu. He misses Trent Williams. I think that is what's hurting him right now. Yep. And if mm-hmm. you're asking me if he's a front runner of this league, like despite my beliefs of him as a player and what I think he can be, people in the league don't respect him. Let's just be honest about that. Like this is not about what our feelings are about Brock Purdy. This is how the league and the voters and the the masses what they believe about Brock Purdy. And what they believe about about Brock Purdy is they don't respect him as a quarterback yet. No. Now what and what is going to change that perspective? Him getting it done and winning the Super Bowl, succeeding where Jimmy G failed. That is what ultimately will hopefully change the perspective of some people. Because I, I mean, Savage, you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, but if Brock Purdy goes wins the Super Bowl, I think your opinion to some degree will change about Brock Purdy. Like, hey, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback that can play well in big moments. He's not. He's not the guy that I'm not saying he's going to be an all time great, but I'm saying right he should be considered as a a good probably top ten quarterback in this league if he wins a Super Bowl. My played well on Joe Flacco just because he won a Super Bowl. I still yeah, thought but, Joe Flacco was all right. But the thing so, about the thing about Joe Flacco though is he never replicated again what he had done that season. Right? Mm. Who's the but but had he. But but what I'm saying is, if he continues to play this way throughout his career, like he yeah, continues he to be consistent, whole career, sure. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what will change the perspective. Consistency will conti- will change the narrative. The thing about Joe Flacco is he was he was consistent in the postseason, couldn't replicate that in the regular season. And so I think that's the question, and I think that's fair for people to 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 bring up. I think it's fair to have questions about, 
hey, this guy has a lot of great help on his team. Yes, he's playing well, but he does have help. Other guys in this system have gone to the postseason like this. What's going to change the narrative is, hey, when Debo's out for three weeks, can you still play that way? That's what hurt him in this MVP conversation. But to me, that's why I think the opinion of him will not change even if he wins a Super Bowl. Because we're going to look at all the weapons that he has on the offense and defensive side of the ball. We're going to see him ball out and play well and be like, yeah, we know you can do that. Because Mm -hmm. here's here's what, what I think, and you guys can tell me, I mean, disagree with me all you want, but I think I'm pretty accurate when I say this. When you look at all the weapons that, is, is on that offense, even on that defense, you can insert other quarterbacks into that and they have the exact same success. Like Patrick Mahomes, you put him on this team, oh my goodness. Giraffe. Joe Burrow on this team with, with an actual offensive line, insane. Dak Prescott, you put him in this offense, insane. And so Josh Allen, maybe he probably will still throw picks, but at the but at the very least, there's a possibility that he eliminates those because he's not trying to force the ball because he actually has a running back. And so you can put a lot of people on this team and have, like Savage was saying earlier, and have the exact same results as Brock Purdy is having. The, I, the question is, is we've yet to see a game to where he hasn't had those weapons and that, I think, not, and not and not yes. just do enough to win the game, but I'm talking about you're the reason why your team won. And yeah. we could say that about Dak Prescott against Seattle when the defense did not show up show at up. all. Yeah. You have to go and you have to beat the Seattle Seahawks. And Dak Prescott went down the field late in the ball game and won the football game. Yeah. So we haven't seen that moment from Brock Purdy. And so I, I think that even if he does win a Super Bowl, if he doesn't have that moment in the postseason to where the defense isn't playing well or you're missing Debo Samuel or even a Trent Williams, can you still muster the team and play good football, not just in the moments where you need it, but throughout the entirety of a football game? Because again, that's why we had Jalen Hurts as a league MVP was because he wasn't necessarily playing well the entire year or in the throughout these entire games. But when he needed to make the plays the most, especially when everything was struggling and the offense was sputtering, he put the team on his back and carried them to a victory. That's why we had him there. Yeah. That's why we had him there. And and Brock Purdy hasn't had to do that yet. It's easy for him, and it's easy to do when you have the best roster in football, regardless of if Jimmy G was there before you or not. That's not what the reward. If right. the MVP was, hey, I'm better than Jimmy G was, there's an award. <laughs> there should be an award for that. You know, if that's what's really important. San Francisco can create that award and give it to him at a halftime game uh, next season if they. That's want a participation it. trophy if you're better than Jimmy G. So, so that the MVP can't be that it's when you need to make the plays most because your team can you can you be the one to carry your team to a victory yeah Brock Purdy has not shown that and that's why he's not the MVP front runner yeah and I think and I think that's what would change people's perspective of him as a quarterback if without the guys it's not gonna be a Super Bowl I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying 
give him garbage guys and see what he does with it because no right but that's not what we're saying that's not what, we're, not saying. what we're saying because like cd is a top five wide receiver in people's sure. minds right now brandon mm -hmm. cooks i i would say everyone believes on, he is a godsend to us yeah and and i think what they are is brandon Ayuk and brandon cooks like for me that's a toss-up because people have been saying man brian brandon Ayuk for a first rounder when um Debo went out, didn't step up either. He didn't play well without Debo right. on the other side. And so, so what I'm saying is that Dak has help as well. They're just not as great as the 49ers collectively because I think their numbers aren't gaudy. Like Debo's numbers, you look at Debo's numbers in terms of like you stack them up against the top wide receivers in this league, he's not touching them. But what is different is his impact to yeah. the team. What he brings, the physicality, the yards after the after the catch, after the run, they handed to him. And so for me, I think seeing what he does without that Debo guy, doing it without Debo, playing within a couple of your pieces that aren't there, and can you win games? I mean, even against like Minnesota, mm -hmm. like they lost to Minnesota. Right. And 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 he was the reason they lost that game. Because of his turnover. Yes. Two interceptions in the fourth quarter. And that so, were not like, that were not missed routes. That weren't uh it, it's he just made bad throws. Yeah. yeah. Bad reads. Like he, he didn't see the field the, the right way for that day. Well, the first one the first one was a good read. He just missed them. Just mm -hmm. missed them completely. Just was inaccurate. And so yeah, like I'm with you guys. Like as much as I love Brockford, because I do I do love him. I do love him. Like I think he 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 has potential to be he's a be future good. Joe Montana. Well, he's a 1981 Joe Montana right now. That's what he right. is. But Savage, um, you were—I think you were going to say something. Here, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. here's here's what it's going to take for me to believe in Brock Purdy. I think it's really simple. After he gets paid, what does he do? Because right okay. now he is getting paid as the last pick in a draft. Mm -hmm. He is less than one percent. You can't of their, sign everybody. Yeah. He's less than one percent of their salary cap. Whenever mm -hmm. he starts making big boy money like big boy quarterbacks that we're trying to compare him to, which is ridiculous in my mind. Whenever we're trying to say between him and Dak, Dak is making over 40 a year. His cap mm -hmm. hit is huge. It's not, can you do it without Debo? Can you do it? I mean, anybody without injuries is going to be bad. Can you do it when you can't afford those guys? You can't mm -hmm. afford McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and Williams and Wagner and, Kittle. and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and. Everybody. If you can't afford them all because of how much money you're making, if you can still do it after your paychecks, then I'll believe. Yeah, Daniel. Here's what I would say to that. NFL owners are getting really good at manipulating the numbers. Like you, like Dak is getting paid $40 million. His cap in isn't that big. Wasn't it like $25 million this year? They're getting yeah, smarter gonna be like 60 next year. But guess what they're going to do next year? They're going to extend his contract. They're going to not only are they going to extend it, they're going to convert a lot of it to a signing bonus so that way it doesn't go against the cap. So owners are getting smarter. Sure. At manipulating money. So I believe that he'll still get his money and there'll still be money to pay those players. I don't know but if that's going to be enough. Not but all not of them though. All of not all of them. And the question and again, paid. the question is the question with Brock Purdy is that when you don't have the best roster in football, mm -hmm. what are you going to like? Are you going to look average at least? Are you going to look good? Because because we're not we're not we're not saying that 
I, I I would even go as far as to say if Brock Purdy looked even average or just good without those weapons, I don't think we're having this conversation. We don't have I think this we're, conversation. I think, we're, I think we're saying it's just like, you know, obviously he could have played better in those games, but he was missing a couple weapons. Like, that's what we would be saying. But it's just like, yeah, hey, we, do it, for, we do it for there. everyone else. Like, you know? those, wep- those weapons weren't there, but he didn't even... He didn't even look good. He didn't look remotely close. He cost his he cost his team's games. And and yeah. that's that's the difference in this conversation. And and just the last thing I'm going to say before we wrap it up. And this might be also another hot take. I know I said only I have one, but I, I think I have another one. Like I said, you could see multiple quarterbacks go into San Francisco's offense with this kind of talent and they could do what Brock Purdy is. I don't know if I would necessarily say that about the Cowboys. I don't think you could plug anybody in there other than maybe top echelon quarterbacks in there. I mean, I Cooper think only, Rush. No, stop. I'm not even, no. I mean, he, I think the only, he won five the only games. yeah, averaging what, 20 points, 20 a, points game? a game? He yeah. averaged wins. That's what he did. That's what he does. He's a winner. Him and Tommy Cutlets. Anyway, I think the only two quarterbacks who really could step into this Cowboy system is Patrick Mahomes. And even then, it's, I don't, maybe he, maybe, maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. It just kind of depends. Um, and Joe Burrow. Those are the only two guys that I would say would be able to step into this offense and, and run it. The, the only reason why I don't say Patrick Mahomes is because he's more of a, I'm going to get outside the pocket. I'm going to make these crazy throws. And I just I just don't know if him and Mike McCarthy would be able to get along. That's the only reason why I'm not I'm saying that. I'm not saying because of his talent. I'm just saying because of the offense and the way that it's set up and what it's asking a quarterback to do. Um, that's why I, I have Dak Prescott as my MVP frontrunner because as, as many people would argue, I don't think that you could replace Dak in this offense and it looked the same. You could say the same thing about you could say that about Brock Purdy. Okay. But uh heading into week 15, uh, this has been a conversation, uh, especially in the AFC, Daniel and I, we talked about this last week with Steven. Of in the AFC, it's kind of hard to look at who the top team is in their conference. But now we're just gonna go broadly. Uh Daniel, I'll start with you, and then Savage, you can t- pick up right after him. Daniel, who are your top four teams in the NFL right now? Uh, I think for me, it, it's one of those things where, like, obviously, San Francisco, Dallas is at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. Um, because out of all the teams in the NFL, they're playing the most consistently. And you look around the league, and you... Okay, no, this, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do it this way. <laughs> San Francisco, Dallas, Baltimore. That four team is 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 a tough one for me. It really it is. is. Mm-hmm. Um, because you you your mind wants to go to Philly. It does, but based on how they're playing, it looks like they're falling off a cliff. That's what it, that's what it feels like. But behind them, you look at the Buffalo. You look at Kansas City. You look at Miami. Are you scared of those teams? Do they impress you in any way? Even Jacksonville, who looked good in the beginning of this year, is starting to fall off. 
That Christian Kirk injury is bad. It, it yeah. is. It is. Bigger than I thought it was going to be. I mean. My fantasy team feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, putting a fourth team, like part of me is like, does a four, do we even need a fourth team? Does anyone deserve to be that fourth team? No. Mm. For me, I, I don't I don't see a fourth team that you can put up there with with San Francisco, with Dallas, with Baltimore. I can't put another team up there with them. If for me, I feel like that would be sacrilegious if I did that. Hmm. So I'm not I'm not gonna name a fourth team just because like I, I have no idea. Like honestly. Okay. Yeah. So for me, I would say I agree with Daniel. First is San Francisco. I think there's a gap. Then I have Cowboys at two. I have Baltimore at three. And this is where I disagree with y'all. Y'all think Philly's going to lose two out of their next four. I think Philly's going to be okay. I really do. I don't think Philly's going to lose another game this year. If you look at it, what Philly has done is they have beat everybody. They split with the number two team in the NFL. And they lost to the number one team in the NFL. Outside of that, they've won. Um, so I, I have Philly as the number clear four team in the league. Um, personally, I'm not going to put a seven and six team who's currently 11th in their own conference mm. uh, at the uh, the number four slot with Buffalo. I can't do that. I'm not going to put the Chiefs who have proven that they cannot find wide receiver help on that team outside of Rasheed Rice. Uh, I can't put them in number four. There's no one else in the NFC who deserves to be in that conversation. If Christian Kirk was healthy, maybe you could argue them over Philly. But to me, it, Philly has earned the right to be in that top four conversation by the fact that their resume, though the wins aren't like a lot of Cowboys wins where they're blowing teams out, just win, baby. I mean, they're winning games still. So they've had a rough two-week stretch. I don't believe that Geno Smith or Drew Locke is going to beat Philly, even at home. I don't believe Tommy Cutlets is going to get a win. And I don't even know who Arizona – I don't think I can name three Arizona Cardinals players. And we played them this year. So I, I'm personally – I got Philly at the number four team in the league right now. I'm not scared of them. But the gap between four and five is a massive gap. And I have Philly slated at number four. I was doing so good. And now you're going to hate me. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, okay. Uh, so, obviously, I agree with the top three. I Especially with the way Savage put it. I put San Francisco, Gap, Dallas, Baltimore, and my number four team is the Cleveland Browns. Here's why I don't say Philly. I have been on this take pretty much all season long. Uh, and the game against the 49ers and the game against the Dallas Cowboys just gave some validity to it. The Philadelphia Eagles are fraudulent. They've been fraudulent all year. And their 10-3 and record itself is fraudulent. I think at best their record should be eight and five. I think that they're a ten, they're an eight and five team pretending to be ten and three. So I don't give them that number four spot because they've had to have a lot of things go their way. They had the best duo in football heading into San Francisco, Philly, and the refs. Who could beat them? No one could beat them. Okay, and so I think that 
Philly is fraudulent. They don't deserve to be in the top four because when it comes to playing good football teams, they don't play well. Even when they play bad football teams, they don't play well. And so that's why they're not in my top four. The reason why I have the Cleveland Browns in my top four mainly is because of the way that their defense has been playing all year long and the wins that they have on the resume says that they deserve to be a top four team. They've beaten the San Francisco 49ers, the Baltimore Ravens, and even though we don't think that this is a legit team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've beaten good teams, and they've beaten good teams with really not a lot at the quarterback position. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, and you have someone like Joe Flacco looking like he's back in 2013 coming off of a bus. Like, I think that Cleveland has an underdog shot of being a really, really good football team that will make some noise in the AFC playoffs. I think that they have a shot to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that they can beat the Miami Dolphins. I think that they can beat the Buffalo Bills. And they've already shown that they can beat the Baltimore Ravens. And so number four, to me, is a dark horse team. I don't think that a lot of people are picking Cleveland, but I'm going to make a case for Cleveland because of who they've beaten and who they've beaten them with. And I, I, I know that you don't, Savage. I'm not saying that he's a top even 15 quarterback. But Joe Flacco, when it comes to the postseason, he has a history of playing really, really well. And I think that he's going to – I think he's showing signs of that a little bit right now, especially when you have someone like Amari Cooper on the outside. You have Kareem Hunt, who is playing really, really good, for, along with Ford, their other running back. And, and Joku has been going crazy on fantasy. He's been playing, playing well. And then that defense speaks for itself. And so I give Cleveland Browns the number four spot in the NFL right now. I can see that. I I definitely I definitely can see that because there's there's games that I've watched Cleveland. I'm like, how are they in this ball game? Like it doesn't make sense. And then I watch the game, and I see Joe Flacco like in even in his first game, like he's delivering darts to Amari Cooper. I'm just like, well, if you're going to play, just get the ball to that guy. They run the ball really, really well. Mm-hmm. And so that that's enough, I think, because of how weak the AFC is this year. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's enough. That's enough to carry you through the AFC because of how bad everyone else is. So I, I see I see where you're going with that. Yeah, that's a that's a fun take, you know, and. All two Cleveland Brown fans that watch this show, they'll be happy with you. I just, I don't see it, man. And outside, you said they have a chance at being a good underdog outside. They got because I don't think anyone's picking them. I don't think anyone's picking them in those games. Ten and three. So, I don't, so, I don't t- so, so tell me this right now. If they were playing this this week, Philly versus Cleveland. Who you taking? I'm taking Philly. I'm, I'm taking Cleveland. I'm not. I would take Cleveland. Cleveland. I'm taking Cleveland. I I say, I think they blow out Philly. Like convincingly, confidently. Like, like Savage, you have to understand how bad the Philadelphia offense is right now. It's how bad their defense is? They played good. They they had gone against two great defenses. It's not a bad offense. 
Savage, when, when's, when's, the, when's the last time they scored over 30 points? I mean, it's based on that question, I guess it's been a minute. Like, they're, they're not a team that goes up and down the field on people until the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm like, just and, saying. And you, and you, and again, you said that they play against, they played two great defenses. Cleveland's a great defense. Yeah, but they don't have a quarterback. They do. I'm sorry, they have a quarterback. quarterback yeah, looks like has two interceptions so far. If your they're scoring points, if your quarterback can star in just for men commercials for the touch of gray in his beard, you're not an elite quarterback. It doesn't count. I don't care. It's AFC football. It's AFC North football. It doesn't matter your offense. Joe Flacco is not that guy. I don't know what world y'all have lived in to think Joe Flacco deserves this notoriety. And well, in the in the postseason, in the postseason, he has earned that notoriety. The Eagles. No, 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 Daniel. This is this takes about to go back on you right now. The last time the Eagles scored thirty was before they played the 49ers and the Cowboys. Literally, without shootout. Without shootout. Yes, thirty-seven to thirty-four. That's, that's the almost only, forty. That's the only game that they played that was really, really good offensively. Because Stephen was on this show last week, and his main complaint about this team, other than his defense, was the play of his offense. And he said, and I quote, Brian Johnson has ruined Jalen Hurts. How many so times they're not beating Cleveland. If you had to guess, how many times have the Eagles scored over 30? What would you say? Just off the top of your head. Maybe like three times. Okay, David, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go five. They've done it five times. That's not a trash offense. Out of a 14-game season? They've only played 13 games. Okay, uh, out of 13 games, only five. And so you're, more and, than a and third against of good defenses, you expect them to put up 30 more, points against the top five defense. More than a defense. third of the, the time, the they're time. scoring over 30. Can we, Again, I a top four, a top four team, them, 33% of the time, down. they're going to score 30 points. Yeah. That's a top four team. 33% of the year, they're going to score more than 30 points. That is not a top four team. I'm that just saying not. it's better than a team quarterback by Joe Flacco. Absolutely. And if I go down with this ship, I'll go down <laughs> with this ship. There's you would no have, way you would, you would, me Joe you Flacco would, can orchestrate an offense better than Jalen Hurts. I don't believe it. If that's if he, if Joe that's Flacco not the question. Good, why was he on the couch? That is not the, the question. You know, it, if, you he, know. if Philly had a good defense, you would have me. But they have neither. They don't have that. They do they it against have Joe a, Flacco. They'll have a great again, defense against Joe Flacco. Again, like, like David said, they don't play defense. Their wins are fraudulent. What just, more do you need I, than that? I, at and what also, point are your wins not fraudulent? How many times do you have to win to not be a fraudulent team? Why are y'all turning me into an Eagles supporter here? I don't like doing this, but I have to bring some level-headedness to the show every now and then. Okay, so, so if Josh Allen makes that nah. throw, does Philly still win that game? Yes or no? If Josh Allen makes that throw, does Philly still win the game? To Gabe Davis in the end zone. If Josh Allen overtime. doesn't wet the bed, do the Philly does Philly win that game? Yes or no? Probably not, but he did. There you go. He didn't make the throw. We there you go. If if MDS, we would have won against If Mardell's Van Scantley catches bounds. that football, does Philly win that game? Okay. Well, that's already two sense. games. That's already eight and five. Here's the deal. That's it eight and five. Sense. That's exactly what David is saying. They're eight and five sense. teams pretending to be ten and three. That's all. That's all the evidence that you need. 
no, no. It makes sense that you're asking all these if questions because y'all live in the hypothetical and the it same would... hypothetical world where Joe Flacco is an elite quarterback. Hey, I these aren't these aren't flag plays. These aren't flag plays. These are hey, you're an NFL wide receiver. Do your job. That's all that. that is. I get that. That's all I'm that just is. Saying Joe Flacco isn't gonna. Joe Flacco looked good against the Jaguars defense, who isn't good. He only put up. Did he play in that Rams game? Was that Joe Flacco? The same Joe Flacco that scored nineteen. I think he. I think he. I think he stepped into that game. I think the the quarterback got hurt and he, he played came into that game. No, he was the starter. He had two hundred fifty-four yards, two touchdowns, and an interception with a QBR of forty-nine point one. And he only like been Jalen Hurts. And he only been with like that Jalen team Hurts. for two weeks. No, let's see. Did he play in the? He didn't. So he's played for two weeks for the Browns. He's one and one. He's averaging around twenty-five points. And y'all are sure that he is a great quarterback right now? Again, Savage, what you're doing is you're going on the hyperbole. That's what you're doing right now. What we're saying is that based on how Cleveland defense is played, if the defense is playing like it is and he's scoring averaging 25 points, you win football games that way. Okay. I kind of hope that the Super Bowl is Philly versus Cleveland. I kind of hope that's what (laughs) this is because and I'm and I'm gonna drive to wherever I need to do to watch the game with both of y'all so that I can sit there and watch Joe Flacco have 250 (laughs) yards. Two touchdowns, two interceptions, and just look at y'all like I told y'all this David, is not what's going to happen. David, David, answer, answer me this question: Did you say Cleveland was going to the Super Bowl? Did you say that, or did you say I, they can make a run in the postseason? Like they, can I, be a I said, I said that they have the potential to be a dark horse in the playoffs and upset these teams. Now, I'm not saying y'all said that. Now, I'm saying I so, hope that's what happens. Well, well, that's but that's well, based on. on your outrage and your reaction. That's what you feel like we're like. You already said that we put Joe Flacco on this pedestal of greatness. He's a Hall of Famer. There's no one better than him. Well, when all we're saying that he can play within this system because he's able to move the ball, score points, something that Deshaun Watson was not even doing. It's not and then my their fault defense are playing top Cleveland's five. The number four team in the league. That's not my fault. If you're a top four team in the league, you're a Super Bowl contender. Absolutely. That's not hyperbole. No, I no, not for me. Not but for, for your brother. And it's your brother's bad take that once again derailed this whole podcast and made us argue about Joe Flacco for 20 minutes. Who's gonna watch this segment of Joe Flacco? God, you know, you know, I, I will only say this in my defense. <laughs> you said who who other what other person who would star in just for men commercials would we say is an elite quarterback kurt warner and he wasn't great his entire the entirety of his career but he had stretches and he had moments in his career to where he stepped up and he played really really well and got his team farther than probably where they should have been and i think that joe flacco i'm not saying that he's a hall of famer i'm not saying he's kurt warner but I'm saying that he, in his career, has shown that he is able to, at moments, elevate his football team and play really, really good football. And I'm saying that with the, especially the way that the Cleveland Browns defense is playing, and if Joe Flacco could possibly do what he has done in his career already, I'm more confident in that than in a Miami team, than in a Buffalo team, even in the Kansas City team, just because of how bad Patrick Mahomes' receivers are. Sure, but I trust Cleveland a little bit more. 
Why do we mention Buffalo with the top teams? They're number 11 in the AFC. I think because a lot of people would include Buffalo. I, I think I think would. a lot of people at this point believe that now Buffalo has something to play for. I believe they that they're playing out of desperation, and that makes them a dangerous team. Like, we've seen Josh Allen, as inconsistent as he has been, there's times where he knows that he has to turn it on, and he's – and he can do that. Like, he's proven that before. And so I think with that coupled with the fact that, hey, they're on the last-ditch effort to try to make the postseason, people believe that's enough to say they're a dangerous team right now. Especially after beating Kansas City. Kansas yeah. City ain't no good either. They got no – especially with Nick Bolton hurt. Like, what are they doing? I don't, I don't know. know. If only that quarterback will play better. Yeah, it's that no, it's that same team. It's that it's that same Kansas City team that we praise Jalen Hurts for beating, but we'll discount it for Josh Allen. It's it's the same team. Y'all, I've never met more. I've never met bigger Joe Flacco supporters in my life. All I said was, uh, listen, I'm not again. We're not saying he's elite. We're see again. That's what the hyperbole that Savage is trying to instill here. No, ain't nobody said he was a Hall of Famer. All we're saying that all we're saying that he can play. That's all I'm saying. All I say he can play. That's all I'm saying. All David said with the Cleveland team. Listen, do I expect him to do anything with the New York Jets? Absolutely. Do I think that you could put him on any team and he plays like this? No, but I think this Cleveland team is a special yes, team. Exactly. Just all together. And yes. I think that I don't think he they just need anywhere a, else. They just need a competent quarterback. And I do think that Joe Flacco is competent. I do believe that. He's a we'll Super see. Bowl champion. We'll see. I could be wrong on this, y'all. I'm not saying everything I say is right. Now, I don't remember being wrong about anything, but I'm not saying everything I say is right. <laughs> All I know is is that I I I believe a hundred percent that if Cleveland and the Eagles were to play tomorrow, Cleveland would win. Give me Philly. Give me Philly. Anyway, we're gonna go ahead and move on into another savage topic. Uh, one that he wanted to talk about. We're gonna talk a little bit of college football right now as it pertains to the NFL draft. Uh, savage has said, and I'm gonna let him explain his take. And I I'm. I'm going to go ahead and say this off the bat. I don't disagree with him. Caleb Williams. Savage, is he the number one quarterback coming out of the draft, or even in college football this past season? Okay, so this whole topic came out because everybody's just assuming that Chicago is going to draft Caleb Williams with Carolina's pick. That's mm -hmm. the assumption. My thought was, I'm not sure that Caleb is better than Justin Fields. I think that you put any quarterback behind that abysmal offensive line, they're going to look bad. I think you'd probably be better trading out of that number one pick and getting yourself a really good offensive lineman or two. So do y'all have a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen next to you right now? I have my laptop with a Google, Google Docs open right now. Okay, here's, here's what I want y'all to do. I want you to write two different categories, okay? We're going to okay. do a, a Nick Wright special, a blind reveal between player A and player B. And this is only going to be passing statistics, okay? okay. So for player okay. A, I want you to put 68.6%. That's completion percentage. Mm -hmm. 388 attempts. 3,633 yards. So 3,633 yards. Mm -hmm. 30 touchdowns. 
five interceptions. Okay. Okay, player B, mm-hmm. 72.2%, 327 attempts, 3,812 yards, 40 touchdowns, four interceptions. I already know what these stats are. Uh, of course you do. And then player C. Oh, okay. Player C. 65.9%. 466 attempts. 4,218 yards. 33 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Which of those three players, if you had to rank those three just on passing alone, who? how would you rank them? A, B, and C. Ready, set, go. I already know. It's going to be player B, player A, and player C. So you have player B, player A, player C right now? Uh-huh. What is the gap between A and C, in your opinion? Oh, man. There's a huge gap. I mean, you're talking about almost 100 more attempts for just 600 more yards okay. and three more touchdowns. And he's all and player C is already at nine interceptions. Okay. And then what's the gap between A and B? Not a lot. Not a lot? Not a lot. So to use your same logic, you know, you get about sixty more attempts with player A, and player mm-hmm. B has about two hundred more yards. And then 30 interception, 30 touchdowns to five interceptions versus 40 touchdowns and four interceptions. So you get 10 mm-hmm. more touchdowns and one less interception. So how you rank these quarterbacks, you have Jaden Daniels, number one, Caleb Williams, number two, Michael Penix, number three. That's how you have those ranked. Mm-hmm. But now let me give you rushing stats. Caleb Williams had 134, 136 rushing yards this year and 11 rushing touchdowns. Not terrible, right? I mean, that's not the worst. Mm-hmm. With Jaden Daniels, you have 1,134 rushing yards. He has over 1,100 rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. Bro, this isn't even close when you add in the rushing stats. Mm-hmm. clearly Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback coming out of this draft. And you can say it's because I'm an LSU fan. Go ahead. But I also know who won the Heisman this year. Mm-hmm. I also know who won the, the quarterback of the year award. I'm just saying if I was Chicago, no way I'm going with Caleb Williams over Justin Fields. Someone who's already been in your system a few years, who you've given no opportunity to, to succeed with that offensive line. Yeah. So that's that's my little take on that. What do you think? Yeah, I think that when it comes to what Chicago should do, I think that if they draft Caleb Williams, it's going to be one of the biggest mistakes they ever do in their franchise. Um, and I get it. I think a lot of people are looking at Caleb Williams' talent and they're looking at a future Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what I'll say about Caleb Williams, though, is that when you look at him, when he plays against um, – Good football teams, big time moments, big time games. He hasn't shown up, uh, and and is his defense any good? No, but neither was Jaden Daniels 
and there was in a game that you looked at Jaden Daniels played this season and says, oh, Daniels could have played better. A lot of the times what I was hearing out of LSU was just like, if we even had just an average defense. We would have won the natty. So no one is saying I mean, no one is saying that necessarily about USC. I mean, because I watched the Notre Dame game from start to finish, and they rattled Caleb Williams. He did not play well in that game. Uh, and yeah, he could put up, you know, 33-28. He's never beaten Utah, ever. Never beaten Utah. And that's a division rival. You have Penix who went into Oregon and beat Oregon. Uh, you have Jaden Daniels with a arguably probably the second, if not the worst, defense in college football behind USC's. He's still making plays, giving his team an opportunity to the final seconds. And then his defense lets him down again. And so when you're looking at what Caleb Williams can bring to a football team, he's going to bring you a lot of seats, a lot of fans uh, to watch him play, but it's not going to look that different than what you're seeing out of Justin Fields right now. Um, Because other than DJ Moore, who do they really have? Nobody. They don't have anybody. So what do you do if you're Chicago and you're the, you have the number one pick, you either can trade back and get some more draft picks to help Justin Fields or you take Marvin Harrison Jr., another wide receiver weapon out of Ohio State, um, who's a stud, who plays really, really good football, who a lot of people are saying is going to be better than his dad. That's, that's a lot of pressure on the kid, but he's that talented. Give him another receiver. And then you have still two more first-round draft picks that you can take and really build this football team and actually see what Justin Fields can do. You know, uh, and and we I, we talk about the show sometimes in our text. Um, Joy Taylor and Shada McCoy they're completely wrong about Justin Fields, and here's why: they're looking at his eight and twenty six record and says you got to do something with that. With who? With what? With what head coach? He doesn't even have a competent head football coach, someone who is a good offensive mind. And you're telling me that Justin Fields is supposed to be better than eight and twenty six or whatever the record is with no talent and with no coaching. No one can succeed with that. Right. And so when you're looking at the Chicago football team, first you got to fire your head coach. I know that he's doing pretty good right now, but you got to fire him and bring someone else in who actually can talk football with Justin Fields. And then you need players. You need players. And then if he's a bust, fine. But guess what? Caleb Williams, as, as good as we think he is talent-wise, it's really nothing. Really nothing. Yeah. So I'm Not with you. Man, Daniel, do you, I think Daniel probably might not have anything to say because he doesn't watch college football. <laughs> Daniel, come be an LSU fan with me, Daniel. <laughs> hey, honestly, no, I don't, I don't, I don't watch college football. So, but you know, I, I agree with everything you guys said. I mean, what I've heard from you know actual college football fans like your guy like yourselves and just other people that i know that watch college football they i think they uh believe similar to you guys i think what we've seen or what we haven't seen of caleb williams has been the right. story what we yeah. have um and then there's you know other players who hey they may not be as big as names but they play consistently and the whole yeah. thing about the chicago situation david you hit it on the head um there, there's needs a lot of work. That team needs a lot of work before you can stick a rookie in there with the team that's constructed right now for the Bears. No quarterback. I, I think you have to be, again, a generational quarterback that's already had some experience in this league 
to play with a team with that kind of talent level. And I think that's what's been – that's going to be difficult for any guy. So I agree with David. I think you – I mean, this was my opinion a couple months ago. It might change depending on how things slide. But um, getting rid of that pick, getting more assets, getting more players, that's probably going to be what they need to do. And then give Justin Fields an actual chance to be successful. Give him a chance because what we believe about Caleb Williams, and, and again, I, I don't watch college football, but Justin Fields had a pretty pretty good college career as well. Like he was a, like, am I wrong to say that? I mean, when he when he when he went to the national championship game, I think it was against Clemson, or was it Alabama? I think it was Clemson. So Clemson, he had a pretty good playoff run at that time. He was playing really, really good football. Actually got hurt in that game. Um, and so, but he made it to the national championship game. So all that to say, some, like which is bump. something that Caleb Williams has yet to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can have all he's the not gonna do. in the world, but it's what you do with that talent. Like same, like same thing. Like I go back to this. I mean, because I, I love Joe Montana, so I'm not going to apologize. He wasn't the most talented player. Mm-hmm. But he knew how to win, and so for me, I think that's more important than I think that's what Caleb Williams. A lot of talent. Does he have substance? I don't know. But you know, take it from a guy who doesn't watch college football, right? Yeah. But yeah, Chicago, use those picks, man. Use those picks to build the team, use not them. just get a quarterback Absolutely. and then then have something. Um, but. Final topic before we do pick them, and this is just going to be real quick, two cents. Uh, Savage, Daniel, DeVito or Jones? Who are you taking? I mean, I mean, again, there's not a big enough sample size of DeVito for me to, like, you know, feel good about either one of them. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you're you're taking, like, do you want diarrhea or do you want constipation? Like, that's that's basically what you're asking me for right now. You know, like, you, you know what I'm saying, though? Savage, I mean, you know what I'm saying, bro. You know what I'm saying. That's 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 the take. That's the take, right? You know there. what I mean? Like, <laughs> what are you, like, what are you asking me? Like, are you asking? Like, do I need to take a laxative or do I need to drink a lot of water? Like, what what's happening here? And so, I mean, if I need to answer this question, you need to answer this question. I'll take Devito, but I'm looking for a quarterback in the draft or free agency. That's what's going to happen. Either way, I'm looking for a quarterback. Savage, go ahead. I'm going Daniel Jones just because. And I can't blame you for that. I can't. Just because, and, and it's not because I think Daniel Jones is great. Daniel Jones is terrible. But you paid him $160 million. You can't just take a 40 mil cap hit. I mean, what, to let a dude who yeah. still eats his mom's chicken cutlets to run your franchise? I mean, that's ridiculous. So, no, you got to go Daniel Jones. They already made their decision. They made their decision already. Yeah. If we're, talk, if, if we're talking money, if we're talking money, I think Daniel Jones is so bad that you eat the money just because you want to get rid of him. Like I, I think that Daniel Jones is that. is that bad. We've um, seen teams do that with quarterbacks that have proven more. They did that. You look at the so so again. Here's probably another hot take, but it may not yeah. be that hot. Some people will probably agree. I know Giants fans will definitely agree with me. Tommy DeVito and his two and, and this four game stretch has already done more than Daniel Jones has in his entire career in New York. Because I think that even that playoff game against the Vikings was fraudulent. I mean, that was a bad Minnesota football team who didn't even show up to play. 
And so I think that I think that Tommy DeVito, if you put put him in that situation, does the exact same thing as Dan, Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones is anything special. I don't think that he's worth even. I don't even think he's good enough for you to say, well, we paid him the money, so we should see what he does. He's not even right. good enough I, to do yeah, that. Sure. He's so bad. He's so bad. I'd rather be constipated than have diarrhea. That's that's me. But heading into Pick'em for this week, uh, it, it was actually a bad week for both of us this past week. Uh, I mean, there's a lot, of for me, a lot of them. A lot of upsets this week. I went 5-10 and 10 this week. Daniel went 7-8. and eight. So, Daniel, we were tied. Now you have another two-game lead over me in Pick'em so far. Uh, but let's go ahead and let's quickly get into these games as we're wrapping up our show. First game, Chargers versus the Raiders. I'm gonna take the Chargers. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like the Chargers at all. I think, again, Kellen Moore, David, your your take on him is is looking better and better every single week. I mean, they're struggling to score points. Uh, Quentin Johnson is probably the worst first round pick we've seen in a while uh, because out of that wide receiver position, he is just he's just garbage. Like. He drops too many, too many passes. But I again, at least they have a quarterback. Vegas does not have a have a quarterback yet, and so well, for that reason, I'm going to take the to take the charge. I'm going to let you change your pick because Justin, he's he's out of he's out for the year. Oh really? Yeah, oh, he's wow. undergoing surgery right now, so it's season injury on his on his finger. So Easton Stick versus, versus O'Connell, O'Connell, right? Yeah. Okay, now this is going to be tough. It's not much of a game. So I'm just going to go with uh, the the Raiders. I think that they they still I have agree. a better coach. I than, agree. Than the Chargers. I yeah. think with that news, yeah. I'm going Vegas as well. All right, next game. It's uh, Minnesota versus the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't, uh, we don't need to talk about this. I, I got Cincinnati in this game. Who day? They're yeah, playing well. Jake Browning's playing well. Yep. Jake Browning is playing well right now. Uh, next game, Pittsburgh versus the Colts. I'm going to take the Colts. Yeah, I'm going to take the Colts. You're going to take Pittsburgh? Wow. Or wait, is is Pickett still out? Um, I don't think he is. Okay, then yeah, give me Pittsburgh. I'm trusting Mike Tomlin over Gardner Minshew. Okay. Actually, actually, that's not true. Sorry. Um, Pickett is not playing this week. He's he's out. So yeah, who's their QB? Mitch Trubisky, and he was horrendous last, uh, yeah. last week. These games stink. Yeah, um, these games are awful. I'll still, well, go, with, I'll still go with Pittsburgh. Okay. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Indy. Uh, I just don't believe in Mitch. No, Trubisky. I'll go Indy. I'll go Indy. Y'all convince me. All right, now this game, this game is actually going to be a pretty good game just because of we don't know where Detroit is right now in terms of are they legitimate, are they not. And same thing we can say about Denver because it's Denver versus Detroit. Broncos country, let's ride. Got Denver. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm also going to go with Denver. Their defense is playing really, really good football. Um, and and Detroit's, I mean, you just lost Chicago. We just talked about how bad Chicago is. 
Yeah, I'm gonna take Denver as well. I'm gonna take. It's just I can't shake that that loss out of my mind to Chicago. I can't shake it. Yeah. Next game, I don't think we have to even talk about. Falcons are gonna beat Carolina. Carolina's just a bad team. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's not that much better, but I'll give them the edge. Uh, next game, it's Chicago versus Cleveland. Give me Joe Flacco and the Browns, the number four team in the NFL right now, over Justin Fields. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Cleveland as well. I think that defense is it's the strength of the team. It's what's carrying the team right now. So I'm going to go with Cleveland. If the Bears had a number two, I would go with them. But I'm taking Cleveland. <laughs> All right, next game, the Buccaneers versus the Packers. Um, you, you think Green Bay turns a corner, and then they do what they did on Monday night to the Giants. And so I, I'm going to take Tampa Bay because, you know what, I I. I I want Baker to succeed. I want, and so this is like purely heart pick over overhead. But you know, my head is not really. There's nothing really in my head that's telling me, hey, one of these teams is better than the other at this point in the season. So I'm going to take Baker. I trust Baker over Love, and I don't care anything about. Like, I don't have an allegiance to Baker. I just don't trust Jordan Love. Yeah, um, I should have allegiances to Baker because. I'm in Oklahoma, and there's loyalty here. But I'm going to go Jordan Love. I'm a believer in Jordan Love. I think he's shown uh, some flashes at this point, at this stretch of the season. Uh, even had an oppor- had the opportunity to come back yeah. against Green Bay, and then his defense let him down. So yeah. I still believe in Jordan Love and his ability. Um, I just – both teams are inconsistent, but I feel like Tampa Bay is more inconsistent than Green Bay is. So I'm going to give Green Bay the edge in this game. Um, next game, the New York Giants versus the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we just saw Zach Wilson uh, show that he could play a little bit, uh, albeit against Houston with a down C.J. Stroud. Um, and then Miami dropping again to a game to Tennessee. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this game. Um, I, I'm going to go with Miami just because they should win this game. Yeah, give me Miami. Miami. All right, next game. We have uh, Tommy Cutlass and the Giants going against Derek Carr and the Aints. I'm going to go Giants this game. Yeah, I'm going to go Giants too. Give me the Giants. All right, then you have Houston versus Tennessee. I don't know if C.J. Stroud is playing in this game. Is this a Uh, a caveat prediction? It could be. I mean, I say if C.J. Stroud plays, they'll win. If he doesn't, they're going to lose. I'm going to go Tennessee in this game only because, like, Nick Collins is out. Tank Dell is out. Oh, then, yeah, they're not winning. Yeah, I'm going Tennessee. Yeah, I just think Tennessee is going to win by default. Yeah. I'll stick with Houston. All right. Next game, we don't have to talk about it. Uh, Kansas City, even with their bad receivers, they should beat the New England Patriots. Yeah. Well, that's what we said about Pittsburgh against New England, and look what happened to that. Yeah, that, that's true. 
But True. anyway. Yeah, I'll go Kansas City. Yeah. Oh, I think I might have gotten the game wrong. What do you mean? Uh, well, because I have Chargers and Denver. No, you're you're right. It's Chargers and Las Vegas. I know, but I have Chargers in Denver. I feel like I think I probably just messed up and put them in for whatever yeah, reason. Denver, or that might have been last week's game. Denver and Chargers already had have had a game, so you're good. Okay. So so next game is San Francisco versus Arizona. I'm picking San Francisco. Might work. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Next, you have Washington versus the Rams. Give me the Rams. Give me the Rams. Yeah, I'm going Rams too. All right, now the actual game of the week. We have Dallas versus Buffalo. Give me Dallas. Dallas is going to win this game. I don't feel great about this, but give me Dallas. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Weather. I mean, the weather looks pretty decent for this time weather of year. Looks, it's the best that it could possibly be for the time of year that it is. Again, but it's still cold. It's still yeah, the it's cold. Still, this is going to be a game that really – it's really going to show you something. Because um, like Daniel said, even if you don't have Buffalo as a legitimate playoff team, they're still a dangerous team, especially at home. So I think this is a must win for Dallas to continue to show – all of us that this year is a different absolutely so i'm going to choose dallas kind of in the way that St. daniel has picked it picked games in the past of like i'm picking the cowboys because they should win this game and they have to win this game yeah uh next you have baltimore versus the jacksonville jaguars i'm gonna go baltimore baltimore yep baltimore and then and then the last game on Monday night is the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Seattle Seahawks. Give me Seattle. We need it. We need it. Mm. I'm going Philly. I don't want Philly to win, but Philly's going to win this game. I think the best duo in the NFL is going to come back this week, so give me Philly in this game. The best duo, like me and my takes, or what? No, Philly and the refs—they're—they're oh. they're really good. They play really good together. Um, I think that they're going to make an appearance. The NFL can't have them lose three in a row. So, I'm going to take—I—I—I—I I, I, I give Seattle a shot to win this game, but I think Philly, just at the last second, they're going to pull it out again. Um, yeah. But that's going to do it for us here on Double Take and NFL Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Savage. Thank you for joining us in this conversation. Love you, even though you don't love my takes, and I derail the show every time you come on this show. But it's it's a it's been a blast uh, talking with you. Oh, man. Good to see you guys. Hope you all have a great day. See you guys. Yeah. So for Stephen and Daniel. This is David on the show. Have a great weekend of watching football. And until next time, God bless.